Where do I go when there's nobody there to turn to? Who do I talk to when there's nobody there to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock, I know he's able. I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountains and the mountains stand by me. The earth around me is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Where do I hide? Till the storms have all passed over. And where do I run to? When the wind of sorrow blows, is there refuge? In my time of tribulation, when my soul needs consolation, I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountains and the mountains stand by me. The earth around me is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountains and the mountains stand by me. The earth around me is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. I go to the rock when I need a friend. I go to the rock when I need a provider. I go to the rock when I need a deliverer. I go to the rock when I need consolation. I go to the rock. I go to the rock. I go to the rock. I go to the hope of glory. I go to the rock. I go to the storm. I go to the rock. 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 Hallelujah. It is time for the word, amen. Church, I've said it is time for the word, amen. With much excitement, let's all stand to our feet and welcome the servant of the Lord, my father, your pastor, Pastor Chris.
Hallelujah. Remain standing. And then we will all pray together for a minute. It's so important that we pray. It's one of our great weapons the Lord gave us as children of God and the church. I trust God when our building is more comfortable, then there will be prayers before the service starts, like we had when we were in the other building. But unfortunately, it's a little bit awkward now with this putting up of the instruments, etc. But prayer is part of church life. Amen. The man who fails to pray has no power. The more you pray, the more power you will exhume. Amen. So let's together pray and thank the Lord for bringing us safely for another day. Pray for yourself. Pray for His mighty power to descend again today on your life. Pray that the time you came to spend here will be well spent and that your heart and your mind will be open to receive the Word of God. Amen. And that your life will start to change. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious over nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication make your request known to God we can pray about everything so everybody maybe you don't have time to pray where you are at home maybe you are still a new Christian this is an opportunity just to close your eyes bow your heads some can lift your hands some pray loud some pray the way they pray but speak to God and thank the Lord for his great mercies hallelujah Everyone pray to the Lord and ask the Lord. Thank the Lord first of all. Ask the Lord to open your heart, your mind to receive. Welcome the Spirit, the Holy Spirit into your life and into your being. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We give you adoration. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus. Our sacrifice today is to you the one who died in our stead thank you for your hand your hand your hand thank you for the hand that keepeth us from darkness from destruction from wickedness oh we thank you Lord we thank you that your power will give us wisdom wisdom to overcome we thank you that the Holy Spirit will save us from deceptions delusions, plans of the devil ah, to destroy us. We pray for direction. We pray that our footsteps are ordered from above to walk in the ways you want us to walk. You are our great shepherd, O God. Lead us to the quiet waters. Lead us to eat at the green pastures. We rebuke every attack of the enemy against the work of God, against the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are part of this great body, the body of the Lord, the bride of Christ. We thank you that the church has great power. We thank you that the church withholds the forces of darkness from us. Ah, Lord, let us never be separated from your great worker. Oh, but hold us in the palm of your hand. We pray for the salvation of souls. We pray for the healing of sick bodies. We pray for the deliverance of captive people. 
Come Holy Spirit and work amongst us. Come Holy Spirit and move amongst us. Oh, anything in our lives, Lord, that's that needs working, that needs mending, that needs transformation. We ask of you, God. We surrender to you. We bow down to you. That you will transform our hearts, change our lives, draw us closer to Jesus, to the bleeding side. Yes, pray, saints, pray, 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 pray. Endororo, Lalama, Kasheterebere, Ramoshetere Bondorobo. He is our God. He is our God. The Redeemer and the Lifter of our heads. Ramotara, we shall not be ashamed. We shall not be ashamed, but we shall glory in the cross. Etoro Mondoro Kotarababa. Every force of darkness, we break it in the name of Jesus. Every evil spirit, every spirit of deception, we rebuke it in the name of the Lord. We pray for your mighty power. We pray for your mighty presence to be very evident in our midst. Oh, I find where I belong. You are holy, sing it with me. You are holy. You are holy. Lord, there is none like you. Lord, there is none like you. Oh, you are holy. your hands I sing your praises I sing your praises forever deeper in love with you here in your courts when I'm close to your throne Lord, I find where I belong. Let's sing it again. You are holy. You are holy. Lift him your hands and praise him. The Lord is holy. Lord, there is none like you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are holy. Yes, he's holy. Glory to you, our Lord. I sing your praises. I sing your praises forever. Deeper in love with you. Here in your court. where I belong. Do you know where the courts of the Lord are? This is the court of the Lord. 
Here in your courts, I find where I belong. This is where you belong. You should never be uh, pressurized to run out of here for other things. That's, that's not God. Here in your courts, where I'm close to your throne, I find where I belong. Here in your courts, Lord, when I'm close to your throne, I find where I belong. One more time, I sing your praises. I sing your praises forever. Deeper in love with you and here in your court where I'm close to your throne I find where I belong here in your court I find where I belong. Let us honor the Lord with a hand clap. La tebo shayama katebo. Hallelujah. And you may be seated on top of your enemies. We greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're watching us on Facebook, you're also welcome. May your heart and mind be open to receive the word of the Lord. Amen. God is good. We will turn our Bibles to a few passages of Scripture. But first of all, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I'm preaching about Jesus, our Savior, our King, and our Lord. Hallelujah. And this morning, I'm sharing with you how Jesus defeated the serpent. How Jesus defeated the serpent. And if you want a longer title, you can add this. And how you can defeat the serpent too. Amen. How Jesus defeated the serpent. And how you can defeat the serpent too. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1st John chapter 3 verse 8 the second part of the scripture. For this purpose the Son of God, this is Jesus. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. How many know the devil has works? <laughs> I wonder what works the devil has. Have you thought about it? The devil's work is stealing, killing, destroying, patching people, deceiving people to ultimately lead them to their destruction. Are you learning? But the Bible here tells us that Jesus Christ 
was manifest. In other words, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Then we turn to Revelation, the last book in the Bible. The book with fantastic end time pictures. That gives us a glimpse into what will happen at the end of the world. Amen. It tells us that Satan will be bound. It, it, it is the final chapter in the book. It is, it, the book ends with a victory. Hallelujah. And it says, And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Now you see four words, but it's the same person. First of all, a dragon. Do you see that? Then an old serpent, not a new one. An old serpent. It gives you an idea that he has same tricks. <laughs> Nothing new. Same old problem. The great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. There you see the works of the devil. What does he do? He deceiveth. Deceiveth. Makes you believe something, but it's not true. That's what deception means. To believe a lie. All right. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Hey. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser, everybody say accuser. That's the second part of uh, the works of the enemy in the scripture. Deceiving and accusing. Say it, deceiving and accusing. Don't get angry if I ask you to repeat. My, my, the idea is that you will remember something when you go home, okay? If you say something often, you remember it. So when your husband asks you, what did you say about the devil? He said, I have the devil. Deceiving and accusing. And so they may now accuse, they work for the devil. That's his work. Amen. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Hallelujah. Which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. I'm going to read that last verse 11 again. And I'm sure many of you that have been in church for a while, you must have heard the scripture. They overcame him. These are the believers that will one day be in heaven. How did they overcome the devil? With his accusing and his deceiving tricks. They overcame him, first of all, by the blood of the Lamb, and then by the word 
of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death. Amen. Hallelujah. Now one more scripture let me read for you please quickly. Do you like it when I read scriptures? Or do you just want to hear stories? It's better to hear scriptures because it's the word of God. In Genesis chapter 3, I'm showing you the serpent and the fight. Amen. The fight with the Lord and how he was defeated. The serpent, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Hath God said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? He put a doubt into the woman's mind. And the tricks of the devil is the same today because he puts doubts in your mind. Are you listening? That's why he's called an old serpent, not a new serpent. That's a great key that the Lord gives us there to tell us the same things he did, he will do again. <laughs> Let me say something before I continue reading, something remarkable. The devil, like anybody, uh, when you, when you see the devil's work on somebody, then you must be, be very uh, sure that he will use the same tricks on you. Do you see? And God's dealings with people in the Bible is most probably the same type of dealings God will have with you. People don't understand why we read about Abram and Moses and Joseph. Do you know why? Because... The person, the person that dealt with them is the same person that's dealing with us. Do you see now? So like if you had a boyfriend uh, or, 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 or say you marry a, a, a man that was married before. Do you see? And, and the former wife tells you, Dio, I feel my nearer. I will five o'clock in the ochen will I coffee drink. Da raas hy terwyl ek nog wil slaap. Nou sê zij, you say no, this woman don't know how to love this man. Maar nou, as zij getrouwd met die selle man, dink sê, hy gaan nou uit die klok koffie maak. Hy gaan nog altyd die selwe ding doen wat hy gedoen het. Want as die selfde man wat die vrou jou van vertel, is nie een ander man nie. So he does the same things that he did before. You get the little small revelation of truth? So God's dealings with people in the Bible, whether it's in the Old Testament, the New Testament, is most probably the same type of dealings he will have with you. And the devil's dealings with people is most probably the same dealings he will have with you because now is the same old serpent. And you will be wise to learn from history. But we know that people don't learn from history. Somebody once said, the greatest lesson we learn from history is that people don't learn from history. Must I say that again? 
The greatest lesson we can learn from history is that people don't learn from history. Zij denk nee, man, die denk sal nie wees so wees. Hey! Moenie dwaas wees nie, my vriend. My vriend en my vriend. Moenie dwaas wees nie. The same thing that will be is the thing. The same thing that was is the thing that will be. We're dealing with an old serpent. Look at his tricks. He comes in the garden and he tells this woman, did God really say, nou sê ook nie meer syke nie. Ek dink het so gesê, het Herrera so gesê. Hey! And when that doubt comes, he's got you. You see, a serpent, ek gaan nie verder lees, jylle ken hy story man. A serpent bites. A serpent, the word serpent is used for snake. Are you listening? And the snake bites. Some are very deadly. Some are not so deadly. But because you don't have knowledge of the deadly and the not so deadly, Muni cancer fatty. Are you with me? Some people like my wife will say, you mustn't kill the snake. <laughs> oh, but it's very dangerous to play with a snake. Are you listening? Don't play with a snake. Whether it's deadly or not deadly, you're not sure. There's doubt in your mind. I want to read you one more passage uh, of scripture and then after this I'll be preaching. Okay. In, in, in Numbers, we go back. It's about snakes. My, my message is about snakes this morning. I wanted to bring some real snakes to demonstrate to you, but somebody said the people might not stay in their seats here. Good teachers always demonstrate things when they teach. Amen. In the Old Testament, there was an episode in the wilderness when Moses was leading his people to Canaan's fair land. And how many of you know the picture of Moses leading the people to a better place is symbolic of many things. It's a picture of our journey in the wilderness, which is this world, uh, to heaven, which is Canaan land. Or let me put it this way. Egypt is a type of the world. The wilderness is a type of your journey. And heaven is the place that your, your destiny that you are going to, which is Canaan's fair land. Are you with me? It was on the journey that this thing happened that I read to you now. It was another snake story. The Genesis story is the snake coming to the woman, telling her that God, did God really say, then she ate from the fruit. And then when God came to check on them, they blamed one another. But eventually they realized it was the deception of Satan. To deceive people. And they lost in the garden what God originally intended for them to have. Their story didn't end well. Are you with me? Their story didn't end well. Or let me say their testimony was not a good one. Remember, um, in Revelation, the enemy was defeated by two things. The blood of the Lamb... And the word of your testimony. Your testimony is your story. You see. 
Adam's testimony didn't end well. Many people's stories don't end well. Let me read you this and then I'll preach. Moses was leading them and the people started murmuring. Hey, on the journey. They were already saved from Egypt. They were out. Amen. So when we preach for people to come out of Egypt, we preach the gospel and the pure salvation message. But on the journey, the, re the, the, the reactions, the actions and the reactions the people had to Moses is, an, is a good story for us of our reactions to whoever is leading us. Are you with me? So God's anger with the people, it won't be different to God's anger with us. Because it's the same person. Come now, stay with me. I told you about the man who wants coffee five o'clock in the morning and he goes to the toilet three times a day, four times a day. He won't change when he marries you. Stay the same. God is also the same. Listen to the story. The people of Israel went from Mount Or to the, road, to the Red Sea. Verse 4 of chapter 21, sorry. Numbers 21, 4. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. And they began to speak against God. Oh, it's very dangerous to speak against God. Please never speak against God. But we see in verse 5, they did not only speak against God, they also spoke against Moses. They began to speak against God and Moses, and they said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained that there is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and, he, and we ate this horrible manner. Hey. So the Lord sent what? Poisonous snakes. I'm preaching about the serpent. The Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica, make a statue of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at this pole. Glory to God. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and they would be healed. Hallelujah. Now just quickly in that story, uh, the snake that Moses had to put on the bronze pole is a picture of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hanging on a cross, a serpent on a pole. Why would we equate a serpent to Jesus in this case? For the simple reason that he took your sin upon him. And the Bible says, because he took your sin upon him, that is the symbol of a snake. The, snake, the symbol of a snake is the symbol of, of poison. A poison of, a symbol of death. Are you with me? He took our death upon him so that we can be alive today. Hallelujah. And whoever looks, whoever looks upward to this snake on the pole, which is Christ. That's why he was not made of gold. Because Moses had lots of gold in the desert. Some scholars will know that they took the gold out of Egypt. 
The Lord said, make it out of bronze because bronze is a lesser metal with not as much uh, value as the gold because it symbolizes the sin on the cross. Jesus paid for your sins on the cross when he died there and he hung there. And whoever shall look shall be freed from the poisonous bites of the serpent on the ground. Now, let me come to the preaching. The problem of man, you see, it began when the serpent came to Adam in the garden. Any problem we can think of today, including the war in Afghanistan, the conflict here in South Africa, the riots, the stealing, the lying, the poverty, the lack of education. If you, you will never see the danger of the lack of education unless you work with people. <laughs> if you work alone in an office, then the Lord was merciful to you. When you work with people, you can see that lack of education is a great setback. But this was not God's original plan. But a serpent came down into the garden and bit mankind. When he bit Adam and he bit Eve, he bit us all. Because they were our first father and mother. Are you here? And that bite caused the whole human race to go into a shock and into a crisis. Would you agree that this world is in a crisis? Disease, sickness, poverty. We are in a critical condition. In dire need of hospitalization. Hallelujah. Because a serpent is a very dangerous animal. <laughs> it can be smaller than a lion, but one bite can kill a lion. And there are many different types. Some are more dangerous than others. Are you listening? But they are very dangerous and they are deadly. And how do they kill? They take away life in many different ways. Some of them, when they bite you, you bleed non-stop. Some of you paralyze your nerves and you can die. You and I have also been bitten by a serpent. That's why we are sinful people. And we are perishing in many different ways. Through drugs, some of us. Through wars. Uh, addictions, murder, smoking, alcohol, disease. I want to say to you, I don't condemn anybody here that has a problem with alcohol and smoking. And Don't ever feel you can't come to the church. Alright? The church is a clinic for the healing of people. It's actually the best place to come to. If you have if you have problems with, with, with sexual immorality, it's the, it's, the, it's the bite of the serpent. If you have problems with addiction, you can't stop smoking. It's, it's, the, it's the poisonous bite. If you're always arguing, always fighting, it was never intended to be so. The human race has been bitten by a serpent. Are you listening? And we, and, and we have sinned in our nature. The only solution is to look up to the bronze pole where there's a snake on top. That is the crucified Savior. Because there's a remedy for your sin. 
And I'll tell you the remedy in just a minute. But two things you can do to overcome, like Jesus overcame. He overcame and like the saints of God overcame in Revelation. Number one, by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The blood of the Lamb. And number two, by wisdom. Somebody who left this church wrote me a letter and said, he's leaving because I'm teaching too much on wisdom. I couldn't understand why he didn't want us to teach on wisdom. Because Jesus defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by wisdom. Amen. How do you think people can put dangerous snakes into cages and into jars? <laughs> do you know why? By wisdom. The snake is more dangerous, but the human being is wiser than the snake. Are you with me? So he can defeat the snake through his wisdom. There are small animals like the mongoose. That can also defeat the snake. It's faster and wiser. Are you listening? So, Solomon said wisdom is the main thing. In all you're getting, get wisdom. Your lack of wisdom speaks more of how much foolishness is in you. I want to read you the scripture in 1 Corinthians and you see how Jesus how wisdom is used to defeat the devil. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 19 I will uh, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has God not made foolishness the wisdom of this world? In Corinthians 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 6 he says we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that came to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world, this is the devils, the princes of the world did not know the wisdom of God, for if they knew it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. That scripture, if you want to go and research it, is found in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6. This says that the, the devils were so stupid, they thought by killing Jesus, they are now going to keep us in bondage. But they didn't know the wisdom of God was for Jesus to give himself as a sin offering so that the whole world could be free. It's in that verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. Hallelujah. So there are two ways to defeat the enemy. How you can overcome the enemy by number one, the blood of the lamb. And the blood of the lamb is like to you an anti-venom. Hallelujah. If you don't know that people that are bitten by snakes are taken to hospital and the hospital has to insert into you with a needle, unfortunately, or some drip, an anti-venom. 
and that neutralizes the poison of the snake so that you cannot die or some of your legs might, or arms don't need to be amputated. Glory to God. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you an anti-venom for your sin and your sickness. That is the blood of Jesus Christ that flowed from Calvary's hill. It doesn't matter what you've done or how bad the serpent has bitten you. The evil that you are busy with, the bad things you are busy with, the difficulty for you to live a good Christian life is because of the bite of the serpent. But Jesus through His wisdom and God through His power gave us the Son of God. For this purpose was the Son of God sent to destroy the works of the evil one. Uh, and He thought that uh, the disciples thought, uh, the Pharisees thought that the Messiah would come with a sword and a white horse to fight and to take over and to free Israel from Roman oppression. No, they were surprised that God's wisdom was not like the wisdom of man. God's wisdom was to send the man to humble himself to the point of death. Hallelujah. Even when they slapped him on the cheek, they spit in his face, they, they hurt and crucified him for something he never did. Oh, but it was the plan of God that the blood could flow from his brow, from his hands and from his feet because it is in the blood that we can have redemption of our sins. You must understand, my friends, that the blood of Jesus is not ordinary blood. Hallelujah. It's not the blood of goats or bulls or cows whereby we have been bought. Hebrews says we've been bought with a precious price. Hallelujah. More than silver and more than gold, we were bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And if you look to the cross, if you look to the serpent on the cross, you will be free from the poison and you will not die a death that the enemy has think, thought he had for you. We speak to you the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6. It's a mystery. Normal thinking says fight, defeat, overthrow. But you see, we were not fighting flesh and blood. Jesus' power wasn't here to fight Herod and this, Pilate and all these people. He told Pilate, you have no power except that which is given to you by my father. Even I can call 10,000 angels. But it's not, that's not the way I'm going to come and set the human race free. The wisdom of God was the death of a sacrificial lamb. Hallelujah. You can be freed, my friend. You can be freed. I'm no better than you. I'm also born in sin, and in sin my mother conceived me. You see, but I went for an operation, and a drip was put into me, an injection of anti-venom to remove the snake bite out of my body. Hallelujah. And Satan's, Satan's intended plan to kill me shall come to naught because of the blood. And when he sees the blood, he must pass over me. Hallelujah! If you are not yet washed in the blood, you must be washed in the blood. You might not understand my language, you might not understand my jargon, my genre, but it's God's way for the redemption of man that the lamb must be slain. And that lamb was Jesus Christ. 
So the first way of your victory over the serpent, your overcoming power is the blood of Jesus. But now there's a second way and I'm closing with this. The second way is important and I might not have enough time to expound on it, to explain it to you because it's deeper than just a few minutes. They said, in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Hallelujah. When we say word, we refer to the wisdom of God. Amen. If you ask me, Pastor Chris, how can I live this life on this earth? Because I'm on a journey, isn't it? The blood takes you out of Egypt. Remember the night when the angel of death came, the blood was on the lintels, on the windows, and the angel of death killed the firstborn, but all the Israelites were saved. Another picture of the salvation of God where there's blood. If I see the blood, I will pass over you. You see? So out of Egypt, we are not dead, we are saved. You're, you're, if you had knelt before, you stood on this mat before and prayed the sinner's prayer, you have received the mark of the blood and you're out of Egypt. And most of you that are here today, I believe you have received that mark. If you have not, I will give you an opportunity just in a minute to also come, like all of us came, to receive the washing of the blood that will cleanse you. But to most of you that are here, you must listen to this part. Are you here? Sometimes you can be here, but your mind is somewhere else. That's why I ask you, are you here? I'm not meaning you, your body, your mind. Are you here? <laughs> Are you here? Where do I find God's word or God's wisdom? I'm now out of Egypt. I'm not yet in Canaan because Canaan is heaven's fair land. Amen? Canaan is, is figuratively speaking. If you understand figuratively. It is uh, metaphorically speaking. Poetry. Metaphor, metaphorical. Now, so where are we? We're in the wilderness. We're on the way. And we better behave on the way. Because if we start moaning, about God's dealings with us, that the manner we receive is not lekker manner. Or sitting a click with unclares, my schooners, yaka dag feil, wanna make a claim in the kerk. Waar is God wat hulle dan doen? Hoe jere, moet nie so praat nie, moet nie so praat nie. Net ons die God weer slange hier onder ons in. As die selle jere, so say boyfriend when you at 5 o'clock in the morning and 5 times toilet to go to day. Sisyalla. So if you got angry with them, don't you think you will also get angry with them? So you, you, the question you have to ask yourself is, then how do we travel on this journey without getting God to send against serpents to kill us? You know? 
And the secret is, God's word is God's wisdom. If I must write all my thoughts on a paper and I give it to you, I say, this is how I think. How I think is my wisdom. God has put all his thoughts on paper. It's called the Bible. So God's word is God's wisdom. And in the Bible, you see stories of people. Some ended well. Others not so well. Another name for your story is your testimony. If I call you forward and I say, Sister Gateig, I want to just say that the Lord has been good and you give your story. I was once a sinner. I was in drugs and this. I went through a divorce. But when Jesus found me, it's your story, your testimony. In the Bible, there are, men, there are many stories, testimonies. Some ended well, some ended not so well. In BMI, we will write many stories. My question to you this morning, what will be your story? Because your story will be your testimony. How are you going to defeat Satan? With the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Your testimony. Now you can't really tell a story because if you watch a lot of movies. We used to watch lots of movies when we were children. Some stories have what you call twists and turns. Are you with me? Maar zij weet versieke op die ou in. Gaan die roeke win. Like James Bond. James Bond can be caught in a coffin and the coffin is going into the cremation. But because you know this is only the beginning of the movie, he can't die. He can't die. Because Bond never dies. But there are some stories they make today that is a big so hard so. But at the end, everybody wins. Unfortunately, your life is not a movie. Are you listening? When I tell you to turn the pages of the Bible, you will read the tragic stories of men of God that started well and ended bad. I think immediately of Saul, the great king of Israel, that had pomp and purpose, but when he, when he did not obey the word, which is the wisdom of God, he had a bad story. He was rather defeated, but he did not defeat the enemy because of his story. Are you here? So now you are saved. You are born again. You are washed with the blood. Now you are in the wilderness. What will be your story? The day when we say goodbye to you and your coffin goes down. Will you have a good story? Your, your, your life is a book. Or maybe a movie if you never read books. All, all, your, all your chapters start where you were in sin and in darkness. Because in sin did our mothers conceive us. We were born in sin. That first bite of Adam made us all sinful. 
So if we read your book, your story, your testimony, you see, you can't defeat Satan if you don't have a good testimony. Satan has already bitten some. These were people that were out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. Then more serpents were sent to bite them because they murmured against God and against God's divine leadership for them. They wanted it their way. They didn't like the manner they were receiving. In their own minds, they had, in their foolish minds, they had a way that they thought God must deal with them. But God had already a plan for them. Plan to take them to a place where the grapes were so big, one person couldn't carry it. Two people had to carry one truss of driver. A land the Bible describes in its analogy, flowing with milk and honey. My sister, my brother, you are on, you are on your way to such a land. Figuratively, metaphorically, however you want to understand it, you are on your way to glory. You're on your way to receive unprecedented uh, beauty that you could never dream of. But lurking there in the shadows is a serpent who wants to bite you, who wants to put a doubt in your mind and make your story a sad story. When we read your last chapter, it won't be nice. Maybe, maybe in your chapter, there will be chapter 13, BMI. I came there to a beautiful oasis. And it was glorious there. The pastor was handsome and he had a matching pocket with his tie. That's in your chapter 13. But in chapter 14, in your book, a serpent bit me. He told me that my problems are too big. That pastor will never understand. My problems are too great. That pastor won't be able to help me. Maybe in your chapter it says, I started believing the pastor is a false man of God. It was, it was a serpent that bit me. And he helped me to accuse the brethren. I, I was on my way to the land that flows with milk and honey. But unfortunately in my chapter, it's called the epilogue, the final chapter, chapter 15. I find myself a carcass in the wilderness. The wind blowing over my dead bones. I never reached that land, but I was once part of this caravan, is the English word, a large group of people trekking through the wilderness. I was once part of it, but the serpent deceived me. So pastor, how can we overcome the serpent? The blood of the lamb. And you must have a good testimony. The word of their testimony. The word of God will give you a good testimony. Hallelujah. Now due to people's misunderstandings of the word, 
Maybe due to people's lack of knowledge of the word, God gives you teachers. He said in Ephesians 4, And God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. One of the greatest strategies of the modern church is that people who know nothing, then they come to Christ and the teacher that God placed over them starts to teach them. And not long after, because of the deception of the devil, they think that they now need to teach the teacher. I spoke to a friend here, and I won't say his name. I asked him about his ex-wife and I asked him, why doesn't she come to, uh, our, to visit our church? He said, no, she came. She came. But she said, uh, is lekker, man. Maar ek net die way jylle so jylle paste is. Want sy sê vir hom, sy sê vir hom, for you that's watching me from America. She says for him, for I. I want to foretell the pastor when I think he's wrong. Maar die way jylle aangaan, sal die mens nooit die pastor kan lekker vertel nie. En ek hou mys van lekker vertel. Soos ek vir jou vertel nie, hy so wil ek a bietje vir hom ook vertel. You see now, the enemy has bitten you. And you have now risen with pride above the teacher God placed over you. Now you say, I moet geleverd. These are all the first signs of the poison of the serpent. <laughs> and your interpretation is now suddenly greater. But it was the same teacher that has brought you to where you are today. Now, I'm not saying this because it's new to our church. No, it comes from Numbers chapter 12. Is it, Charlie? Yeah. Numbers 21, I read it to you now. It's not a new thing. It's nothing new. The same people and the same God and the same leader with the same job to lead them to the promised land. They started murmuring and complaining They were unsatisfied with God's way and they were unsatisfied with the leader leading them. But the serpent was sin. But God made a way for them. Oh, isn't God wonderful? God always makes a way for His children. If your thinking is not right, God will forgive you. That's why teachings in the church is to transform your thinking. If your mind cannot be changed, it's the serpent that has bitten you. Because the Bible is there to transform the way we think. Your thinking is what made, makes you who you are. The Bible says, as you think, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you want to improve, you need to change your thinking. Amen. That's why in the olden days we had many good Pentecostal people washed in the blood, but their minds were never transformed. But I don't see you like that. I see you having a great story. I see you taking your book and giving it to somebody at the end of your life and say, read my testimony. Ek was uit, ek was afgetrap. Maar die Heere het my kom red. Die bloed het my skoon gewas. 
ek het my, ek het my uh, gehambel en geluister na Godse wei van vir my lei. En kyk wat het ek verdag. Kyk wat los ek achter. The Bible says a good man, he leaves an inheritance for his children. Die dag as ek hier my hier as sê, halleluja, moet nie nou al heil nie. Maar die dag as ek hier as sê, gaan sy vir jou klein kinder sê, Hij groot gebouw wat ons so lekker in sit, was dier een man gebouw, dat ons vandag jylle hier kan bring, jylle birthday parties, jylle sonnaskool, jylle doopdienste, alles hou, because a good man, he lives an inheritance, for his children, that's my story, but that's not why I'm preaching, my preaching is to ask you, what will be your story? What will be your story? And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Satan is a great deceiver. He attacks the mind of people to make them think in the wrong way. You must correct your thinking quickly or you will have a bad ending. Your story will be a tragic one. Your story will be a warning for others not to go the way that you went. The story we have in the Bible is not the only stories. There are many stories written here at BMI. Very tragic stories. God has given me the grace to see the end of many people. And it's not nice. That's why I preach to you, my friend, that you shall have a good ending. That you will reach the promised land. Broad is the way that leads to destruction and many will be found on it. Narrow is the way that leads to righteousness and only few will be found on it.